You're listening to the Football Revolution. Hello and welcome to the Football Revolution. I'm your host, Gio. Thanks for joining us. Some teams are making their moves while others are stuck in neutral. The women's finalists are locked in and too much testosterone ruins a great advertisement for the game. And joining me to talk about all this and much more is my co-host, VIG. Hello, mate. Have you recovered from COVID? Good evening. Yes, fully recovered, ready to go. Mate, I'm glad that you're ready to roll. Like I said, there was lots happening and uh, we've got a lot to get through. So I need you in tip-top form and ready to carry me as usual. Oh, mate, always ready to go. Broad shoulders here, so uh, on you get. Let's let's do it. All right, mate. The A League Women's Powerhouse Sydney FC wrapped up a third consecutive premiership. A fantastic achievement, and more, and even more impressive is their focus as they've chased the likes of Melbourne City and Western United for majority of the season. Yeah, look, it's um, you know the, the cream cream always uh, rises to the top, and um, they've shown that again again this season. Yeah, look, I think. Uh, you know, we were all talking about City and Western United in their debut season and probably even, you know, for, for early on in the, in the piece, Adelaide and maybe Victory, but uh, Sydney have quietly gone about their business and it goes to show why they are the champions uh, three times in a row. So they'll, I think they'll take some beating, but we'll talk about that a little bit later in our footies final uh, segment. But uh, from a league high to a league low, the ugly melee between Adelaide and Wanderers after a very entertaining game, which was ruined by the not necessary violence, Marcelo is a top player, a brave leader, and has an amazing career under his belt. Uh, we know he wants to win and do the best for his club, but this is not helping the league, mate. Um, Lachlan Barr was also out of line, and then you get quality youngsters like Neuenhoff, who started the trouble. He's been in fantastic form, but that's a stupid foul, the, the grabbing and just unprofessional. And then Irakunda, uh, you know, he needs to just cool his heels a bit because we've got two of the best young players in the league who are getting all the right headlines, getting themselves in trouble. And then you have Marcelo, who just seems like as, as great a leader as he is. He doesn't need any excuse to get in there and start playing wrestling. And, you know, I know it was WrestleMania or whatever, million and one on the weekend, but uh, him, him, he needs to just, you know, calm the farm. And I think Lockie Barr also <laughs> needs to... To realize that you know if you go wrestling with a bear you're not always going to come out on top <laughs> no, i think you've summed it up there but yeah look it, it's a it's a professional foul yellow card in the first place Neuenhoff, he knew exactly what he was doing uh these things happen in football um and and you know the way you kunda reacted as if to say you know do you know who i am don't touch me i've just come from socceroos from the Socceroos training camp, it did seem like um, that, didn't it? Vig, yeah. You know, I've been, I've been sitting on the bench all week. I'm I'm a big tough man, but you know, he's he's still a young kid. He's 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 a little bit immature. Um, you know, no need to no need to react like that. And Marcelo coming in, yes, he he loves to defend his players. He's the captain, but he doesn't need to do that. You don't need to put someone in a headlock. Um, you know, not not in a not in a football match. Um. You know, not at the end of the game like that as well. Like, what, what, what's the purpose of that? What are you getting out of it? Are you, are you showing your player that you're sticking up for him? Um, great. There's other ways to do that, um, especially as a captain and a leader. And, and now you pay the consequences of of missing a, a match next week or, you know, missing a couple matches, I think, now. So, um, yeah, just, just not needed. It, it was a tremendous game. Um, you know, both teams going at it. So some good footballs uh, played, some some lovely goals. Um and yeah, it sort of um, puts a puts a dampener on on what was a, a good football match. Yeah, I think that were the two things, mate, that really bugged me was the fact that a you got two young guys there who you know 
had a bad example set by one of the best players in the league who's had a lot of experience. That was number one. But the second one was the fact that if it's two rubbish sides that can't play, yeah, good, go there and start belting each other and whatever. But when you've got two excellent sides that had a cracking game, you know, who are both going to be up there this year, you don't need that. You know, like I said, they've done an amazing job of promoting the A-League and showing the quality that we have in this league still, and then you go and wreck it all. But uh, look, hopefully not all was undone. After seven years at Perth Glory, Liam's ready stint has come to an end. The 41-year-old currently sits fifth on the all-time games played list with 350. So his stellar career, is it over? Or is he, uh, do you see him still uh, finding a home somewhere in the A-League? Obviously, They've got uh, Cook, who's been in great form, but they've also signed Ollie Sales. So that means that uh, you know he's he's probably going to get no game time. Hence why they uh, they let him go. But uh, can he offer something to somebody else, Vig, or do you think he'll uh, maybe play MPL or go out a little bit quietly? Yeah, I'm not too sure. Look, he's he's been a tremendous tremendous uh, servant of the game, especially here. I think he's he's probably almost played for every single A League club um, in that 350 games that he's uh, notched up. But um, you know, I think he's 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 definitely at the back, you know, the back end, if not the very, very back end of his career. So uh be interesting to, to see if he goes somewhere. I, I don't know if he's if he's still number one um calibre. You look at the, the goalkeepers we have around the league and, and a few of the good young goalkeepers coming through. Um I don't know if he wants to go and, and sit on a bench somewhere and, and be a, a role model or, you know, um help help a, a younger a younger goalkeeper. But um, you know, it's hard to say at the moment to see it was, it's, it's up to him really to decide what he wants to do, but can't really see him um, being a number one at another club at the moment. All right, let me put you on the spot then. So take out the equation, what he wants at this stage. If you're an A-league coach and you've got a good young keeper there, would you bring him in there if he was prepared to, you know, help help one of the young keepers out and bring him through? Would you would you take him in or no, at this stage, you just go with looking for the future and look, he's been fantastic. He's done what he's done, but you know, his day is done. Look, if he was prepared to to you know take a bench role and and be a role model to to a younger goalkeeper, I don't see why not. He's had a tremendous career. He's got bundles of experience, um, been around the game for for a long, long time. So, um, you know, I, I don't think it would be such a bad move if if he if he you know if he knows deep down in, um, himself that he's happy and, and content being a, a number two. Mate, I put two offers on the table to him. Bankstown uh, United, your club, would love a, a quality keeper with 350 to his name. And uh, now that I'm at Arncliffe Aurora, I, I'd happily take uh, him down there as, as one of my goalkeeping uh, guys. I'd probably be in a bit of uh, aura of him and I'd probably, you know, be be kind of standing off a bit because he is such a, a, a great servant of the game, but I'd happily take him. Oh, you'd, you'd take him any day of the week, wouldn't you? And... Um... Good, good bloke too, and, and probably good on a night out. So uh, right up our alley, our alley. Hundred percent. Put it. Uh, put us. Hit us up on uh, on socials, please, uh, Mister Reddy. Uh, the crazy Melbourne Derby catch up game is being played on Wednesday, and based on current form, City will be super grateful. They'll be starting uh, leading one nil as they badly need three points to shake Adelaide United, who's breathing down their necks. Yeah, they do. It's uh, it's it's going to be an interesting um, interesting football match because they'll come on, they'll play. What I think there's 25 minutes left or something like that of the first half. Um, City with the one 0 lead, and and then they'll have a halftime break and and then play the second half. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how the teams come out in that in that first 25 minutes and um, to to the victory. You know, come out and, and throw the kitchen sink at them and and really try and put some pressure on in that first twenty five because you know you get, you got a break after twenty five minutes so um, it's going to be a, an interesting game. 
Mate, it's, for me, it's, it's not really even football. It's more of a cross between the store gift where you have handicaps and golf where you get a handicap, right? They're already starting with, with plus one. So for me, this is strange. But uh, Melbourne Victory's been uh, in good form. They've had two good wins the last couple of weeks. So maybe they, uh, they can still run them down. But uh, we'll, we'll find out Wednesday evening. Uh, what are Network 10 doing? Are they trying to sabotage themselves? They pump up one of the crown jewels for their station. I get that. The Australian Grand Prix watched by 131,000 people and added former world champion Damon Hill to the broadcast team. They use some of the A-League hosts to help, whilst at the same time, Melbourne City hosting the Jets a few few kilometres away can barely get 4,000 to the game. I'm just amazed at the lack of insight and planning. Mate, what they should have done, they should have uh, they should have dropped the pitch into the middle of Albert Park and uh, they should have <laughs> played the A-League in, bet- in between the F1 race. But, yeah, I don't know. You know, like th- these things are scheduled well in advance. Um, you know when the F1, when the Australian uh, Grand Prix is on, um, so I, I don't know if it's a, it's a scheduling, uh, dilemma, you know, the, the, we need to look at these things, um, in advance and, and stop, uh, cannibalizing our, our own sport and, um, you know, a, a network 10 and Paramount, you know, they, 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 they should be working together to, to make this, uh, to make this work on all ends and, and make it beneficial for, um, you know, all, all sports fans, I, I guess. And, and the F1 such a big event and. We saw the huge crowds down there and uh, Melbourne was buzzing all weekend and, um, you know, need to be a bit, bit, bit more smarter and uh, use a bit more common sense, I think, when we're scheduling these uh, football fixtures. Mate, tell me this then. I'll ask you not the million-dollar question but the billion-dollar question. If there was uh, – if a shoe was on the other foot, do you think that uh, the A-League would go and get a star player like a Damon Hill to come out, some World Cup winner, put him in the game against Melbourne City, put another big World Cup player in there and try and compete against the Grand Prix? No way. No, no chance. That's what I'm saying. Not a hope in hell. So they're going and absolutely stocked up, right, and and loaded up as much as they can on the Grand Prix. So, okay, if it's a fair fight, it's a fair fight. But you haven't. You've made A-League tie their hands behind their back. You've given them Mike Tyson's glove and you're just whacking them in the face. Just just move the <laughs> – it's simple. Just move the fixture time to, to 7 p.m., all right? It's the, the, the race was almost over by about 5, 5 or 6. Um, you, could have moved the, you could have moved it to 6 p.m., 7 p.m., um, on on Sunday night, and and that's it. Happy days. All right, we're running a bit behind schedule, so I'll quickly brush through this. So Socceroos game two in Melbourne didn't go to plan as we were defeated 2-1 by Ecuador after leading 1-0 thanks to a Brandon Borello goal. We did, however, give starts for new breed, Gauchi, Borello, Devlin, McGree, Metcalf, and Deng. So for you, pass, fail? Uh, bit of a fail, bit of a fail. I think we we literally got out-muscled by Ecuador. They were just, they were brutal. They were, they were very physical. Um, we, we gave as good as we got, but um, yeah, there were, there were a few players. I thought Gauchi was was good in goals. Um, Tommy Deng probably didn't have the, the best of the games, gave away a penalty and uh, was a little sloppy with his with his passing um, and, and a little bit slow. He got, he got out-muscled a few times, um, you know, going, going for the ball. So uh, their striker up top was a bit of a handful. So, um, yeah, look, it, it's all it's always difficult in these friendly games. Yeah, we won the first game um, fairly comfortably, but we had two offside goals, and and I think there was question marks over over the goal that Brello scored as well. Could have been called offside if there was VAR. So, um, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. But it, it's good to give these guys um, opportunity to to play for the Socceroos and. Um, it's good to see that the, the young guys coming up, but I just feel we've got we've got a lot of players that are very similar. I think like Riley McGree, Jackson Irvine, uh, Connor Metcalf, 
Um, they're all similar sort of players. They're not quite deep-lying midfielders or, or, or eights, um, and they're not quite creative number 10s. They're, they're sort of all second strikers. Um, and playing, I don't think playing Metcalf on the, on the wing uh, did him any justice. I know he's been playing there for his uh, Bundesliga 2 club, St. Pauli, but um, he just he just looked uncomfortable in that position. Um, not not natural like Attilio or, or Matt Leckie. Um so yeah, I think there's still a lot of work to get to do, but it's all about giving these kids um, a bit of experience and, and a bit of exposure at an international level. Look, the good news is that uh, it's almost as far away from the next World Cup as possible, right? So uh, if we're going to do it, do it now and try some uh, new players out and see what works and see who's uh, who's going to be ready and ripe, at, you know, in four, four, three and a half years' time, not uh, not now. So. I know last week I gave a lot of stick in the what the foot to uh, the Euros, but this week there was a nice highlight. France keeper Mike Magnan's incredible save denied Ireland's Collins a late equaliser in their Euro 2023 uh, qualifier. The French won 1-0. It was past him. I don't know how he got his hand around this. It's somehow he's clawed it out. It was one of the most remarkable saves I've seen in a long, long time. He's like the elastic man. He's, he's like pulled it well, – he's almost pulled it out of the back of the net, but – um. Yeah, it wasn't uh, it wasn't Terry Henry with the handball this time against uh, against the Irish. It was uh, it was actually the goalkeeper who uh, made a made a top save. That's what he's paid for. The uh, 160 kilometer for AVM update. Superhuman Bulls physio Brendan BMW White's upcoming run on the 15th of April to raise money for the Brain Foundation Australia. BMW put another 50 kilometers uh, in the legs this weekend, even in the poor conditions. I'm absolutely in awe of this guy. If it was a, if he was a he could have been in the uh, Formula One on the weekend. He could have been down there racing laps with those guys the way he's going and the speed and how many kilometres he's doing but uh, absolutely remarkable to date he's raised 6,370 it's showtime next weekend so be quick to please help uh, by going to the mycause.com.au link we have set up on our direct me page to donate the run from Avalon Beach to Wollongong is, to, is open to everyone to join and support this great man and amazing cause more of BMW's race week preparations this time next week yeah, mate, I didn't even do 50Ks in my car this week with COVID. I was, I was locked inside all week. So um, he's done 50Ks in the legs. So um, he's in fine form and uh, hopefully he's ready to go uh, come the 15th. Yep. Uh, PL News, City and Arsenal with a comfortable 4-1 with 4-1 wins to keep the Gunners lead at eight. But Pep's men have a game in hand. Newcastle with a huge 2-0 win at home against top four rivals and your team, Manchester United, to go level on points. Graham Potter and Brendan Rodgers have shown the door, taking the number this season to unlucky 13 for the number of coaches who have been sacked from the Premier League. Graham Potter twice, so I think I said in a post earlier, he needs to be Harry Potter to survive. Well, you're not Harry Potter, you're Graham Potter, and you've been sacked twice, so unlucky for you. And massive wins for Bournemouth, Crystal Palace, and West Ham to move them all away from the dreaded drop zone. Yeah, a bit happening, hey? Um, I thought City, City were after going 1-0 down to Liverpool, probably... Uh, Arsenal fans were, were, were licking their lips, thinking, you know, how how good's this? But uh, they came out in the second half. They were just class. Jack Grealish class. Kevin De Bruyne was absolutely class. Um, Ilkay Gundogan, um, and four one comprehensive winners in the end. And, and Liverpool just sort of wilted away and uh, drifted off into the wilderness a little bit. So um, you know, their their poor season continues. Um, Arsenal clinical as well um, to to stay to stay up top, but. Um, yeah, disappointing. I thought United, uh, they just got outplayed in, in every facet of the game by Newcastle United. I think just the, the hunger and determination um, from uh, from Newcastle was, was just second to none. And, um, you know, when United don't don't turn up, sometimes they're, uh, 
you know, they, they might as well send their wives out to play or something <laughs> like that because sometimes they're, they're, sometimes this season when, when they haven't shown up and their heads aren't there, they've, they've been absolutely woeful. So, um, yeah, dis- disappointing as a, as a Man United fan, but um, these things happen in football, but they've been a, a little inconsistent in, in that, that respect this year. Um, but, yeah. Plenty happening at both ends of the table. Um, the relegation you know, so- race is so exciting. They, everyone just seems to be digging in now and trying to get themselves out of there. And one week it's this team and next week and it's just musical chairs. So uh, anyone's guess who's going to go down to the championship next year? Yeah, but that, that's that's the league they've built now. It's so competitive all, all the way through. And, um, you know, there, there's not that much a gap between being relegated and, and surviving and then surviving and, and making the top you know, the top six and, and getting into European football. So um, it's just a, a big money league these days. They're attracting players. Um, you know, you've got players like Kilo Navas playing for Nottingham Forest. Like he's come from PSG and Real Madrid and now he's playing for Nottingham Forest. Like in, 10 years ago, that things like this would never have happened. Um, but but now the, the clubs have, have the money to, to buy these players and bring these players in and um, it, it's making it a, a much more competitive league right the way through. Mate, I can't wait to see the owners at Chelsea bring in an NBA coach or a baseball coach or something at Chelsea. I don't, I don't know what the hell they're doing there, right? He, he they seriously thought Graham Potter was going to do a better job than Thomas Tuchel. Ooh, you are try, absolutely they, off your tree. They, they, they got rid of the Tuchel and uh, tried to bring in a wizard, but uh, the wizard, <laughs> the wizard couldn't even do anything with those players. So. Mate, look at look at the club that uh, Tuchel's ended up in. They absolutely made a big mistake. I don't know if it was personal. I don't know what they didn't like about him, but the bloke's a great coach and. I think it was the man to take them forward. Instead, they've gone for Potter and now they're back to square one. So I'm not that I'm complaining being a Spurs fan. Bad luck, Chelsea. But uh, yeah, lots to play for. No player escape room this week, but we've, it's been replaced by footy finals, uh, finals footy that we're going to be talking about a little bit later in the show. We wrap up the final round, uh, match day 20 of the A-League women's competition, revolutionised roundup of the week's men's games. Is there anything I didn't see? VIG. Yeah, I'm not sure if you saw this. We was talking last week how... Um uh, the uh, Premier League were going to stop uh, during Ramadan so uh, players could break their fast. But um, there was a, a little naughty boy in the uh, in the Nantes um, uh, uh, squad over the weekend, um, Jaun Khajam. Um, he's an Algerian defender, but he, he was dropped from the Nantes squad uh, before their defeat to, to Rem on Sunday after insisting on not breaking his Ramadan fast. His manager... Antoine Kumbari said. So I think the manager's got a he's got his own rules saying that on match day uh all players must break their fast uh, bef- before kickoff. And uh, I heard he said he's, you can't he's... eat dance. That's what he said. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> <laughs> oh god. So um yeah, so he missed that but you know it's it's a tough tough school and a, a tough some tough rules to go by but um you know I think Maybe League One needs to be a, a little bit more accommodating for these players, um, especially given that there are so many um, of a Muslim background playing in, playing in League One and across France. So um, maybe they need to take a leaf out of the Premier League's book and and allow players to to break fast during the match. I'm glad I missed it because for me that's a red card. You're a clown, absolute goose. Yeah. You should have. Uh, the players need to do what they believe in and what they do, and you've got to help them and accommodate as best they can. And 
you know, I wouldn't recommend to no players to, no, to not to eat or drink food before you go out and put your body through the ringer. But if that's what they choose to do, you've got to find a way of helping them get through that. So, mate, you are a goose, absolute idiot. And if I'd known, he would have been my what the foot of the week, but I've got something else <laughs> instead. So moving on to our A-League women's wrap. Uh, so Wellington's 99th minute equaliser at home gave Melbourne victory a sleepless night, waiting to see if Canberra United could steal their final spot on Sunday. So the final score was uh, 2-2. Another Hannah Keane double gave her team, Western United, a 2-1 win over the Wanderers and a chance to snatch the premiership if Sydney slipped up. It also gave the American sharpshooter the golden boot with 13 goals. A Gabriella Coleman goal allowed Perth Glory to end the season on a high with a 1-0 away win against Brisbane Raw to finish a respectable sixth, just one point outside the top four. Double trouble as Sydney's Mackenzie Hawksby and Courtney Vine both grab a brace thumping Newcastle Jets 4-0 and handing their team a third consecutive premiership, one point ahead of an excellent and unfortunate Western United in their debut season. And goals galore as Canberra United's Miller Vojevic scored a late... Uh, scored two late goals to snatch a 3-3 draw against Melbourne City. The, the result allowed City to sneak into the top four, but unfortunately Canberra missing finals football on goal difference. Yeah, what a game. 3-3 all in the end. Um, Holly McNamara was was brilliant. I think she grabbed the goal and two assists, and um, she's been uh, called called back up to the Matilda squad for for the upcoming fixtures. I think they've got Scotland and, and England. Um, so, so some big games there, and uh, she's been out with ACL for for almost twelve months. So, uh, good to see her back and, and in form going into this uh, the next camp. Um, but yeah, Canberra disappointing in the end. I said last week they had the they had the steam train going and they had all the momentum, and um, yeah, just a shame they they couldn't quite get over the line. And uh, City City held them out for the draw to to sneak in, and um, I think Canberra ended up on uh, equal points with with victory, but uh, behind on goal difference. So and most certainly um, did. Just disappointing, disappointing end to the season, but they, they can be uh, hold their heads up high and, and be proud of what they've accomplished. Yeah, so a final look at the uh, A-League women's table for the season. So Sydney FC first in the uh, Premiership, a third Premiership on 40. Western United, amazing uh, debut season, one point further back on 39. Melbourne City, who were in reverse for the second half of the season, uh, in third on 30. And their uh, Melbourne neighbours, who were also in reverse, I think they were both driving backwards together on uh, 29, rounding up the top four. They had plus seven goal difference, Melbourne victory. Back in fifth on the same points, as you said, on 29 was Canberra with plus five, so they had a two-goal two worse uh, goal difference. And a further point back was Perth Glory, who finished uh, the season really well and were unfortunate not to sneak into uh, the top four in final football, but uh, a good season for them anyway. Uh, final note would be for me, I'm just happy that Canberra didn't fin- didn't miss finals uh, and Sydney didn't claim the title as a result of the three-point deduction. So I would have hated if uh, that had come back and bitten Canberra and Sydney had won the title ahead of Western United because of that three points uh, that shouldn't have been. But So I'm glad that uh, what was meant to be was meant to be. So my weekly rap has been replaced by a shout-out dedicating a weekly song to a team or player for their good or bad performance. This week's shout-out goes to a woman who won the A-League Women's Golden Boot, Western United's American goal poacher, Hannah Keane. Her two goals gave her team a chance of winning silverware on the first attempt, but unfortunately they finished one point behind Sydney. And the song we send to you is Hidden Citizens' hot track, Unleash the Power. It's still an amazing effort from Hannah and her team. Hopefully you can go one better in the finals, and we wish you all the best. And uh, the Hidden Citizens was nothing, not a crack at uh, Melbourne City or Manchester City, one of your rivals. It's just a track that I thought would uh, really uh, fit what you've done this year, and it's been an amazing signing by uh, by Western United, and she's been one of the stars of the uh, Women's A-League. Yeah, congrats to her. 13 goals is um, is a good return. Or, or I think they've played 18 games, so... 
um, that's a that's a very good return from that and uh, well deserved. Hopefully they've still got us signed again for uh, next season so that uh, Wesley and I can try and go one better. A-League men's table, so Melbourne City on 42 with their catch-up game against uh, Victory on Wednesday, as I said. Adelaide United two points further back on 40. Central Coast Mariners in third on 34. Wanderers also on 34 in fourth. Wellington Phoenix one win back on 31 in fifth. And Sydney FC uh, three points further back on 28, rounding out the top six. We'll discuss the table in more detail in our special footy final segment a little later. Our revolutionised roundup, we select a match of the day each and then uh, do a mini review of the other four games. We talk about in the match day game, the score, goal scorers, players of the game, the turning point and what we would have changed either Coach Geo or VIG to try and get a different result. The first game was the uh, cracking game between Western Sydney Wanderers and Adelaide United. Uh, how did you see this one, VIG? Yeah, so we picked this as our, our match of the round and um, this is going to be my my uh, match of the week. So uh, final score was 3-2 to Adelaide. Uh, goal scorers were Ben Warland with a double and Ibasuki with one. And uh, for the Wanderers was uh, Cassini Yangi and Marcelo. Uh, my player of the match was uh, a bit of an unlikely hero for, for Adelaide, which was uh, Ben Warland. So uh, two goals and, and I thought he was uh, quite solid in defence as well. So... Um, two two headed goals. The Wanderers will be kicking themselves that they they let a centre back uh, score two goals against them, but um, they they were nicely taken uh, nicely taken goals. So he gets my uh, man of the match. Let me ask you uh, this, Vig, just before you move on. So how disappointed, considering you're a defender as well, how disappointed will Rudin be that they conceded two headers off corners, both to a player that before the game had only scored one A League goal, and he's uh, doubled that in one game, and the third goal was from a corner they couldn't clear. It was shot back in by Halloran and then the rebound was uh, cut back to Ibasuki. So three set pieces, three goals. Will he be absolutely cooking? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, he, he conceded one goal from a from a set piece and, and you're not happy. But to concede three uh, the way they did, especially, look, the, the first two, they were good headers. But, you know, it's just you, you need desperation in the box. Uh, desperation from your defenders and desperation from your attackers to score goals. So... Um, and the Wanderers just didn't didn't show enough of that. They were a bit pedestrian in in both boxes um, on on the weekend. So um, yeah, they've got, they got a lot. Of, they've got a lot of weapons. Uh, VIG. And, and they've got a lot and a lot of tall timber. As they've well, got so, M- you know. Marcella, who we had on last week. They've got uh, the captain Marcelo. They've got uh, Thomas is excellent in the air. So I'm with you. I, I'm sitting there thinking, how the hell did you get done not once, twice, but three times a lady? Yeah, it's it's not like they got broken down by you know one touch football that you know carved them out and went went straight through them and and Adelaide scored um, all, all set pieces. The, the, the third goal um, disappointing for me because Lawrence Thomas Thomas makes a tremendous save down down to his right, and um, you know that that shot's going in the back of the net. He saves that, and and there's two three defenders just standing around, um, you know, watching the ball, and and the ball gets put back in, and, and Ibusuki taps it home. So. Um, yeah, like like I said, just just no desperation in the box uh, from a defensive as- aspect and um, in the attacking third as well. So, what was um, the turning point for you? Yeah, turning point. Oh, I guess not so much of a turning point, but but the third goal for Adelaide. So that that first the the first ten minutes after half time, um, Adelaide go two one up and then they go three one up and and I know the Wanderers got a goal back uh, fairly quickly. I think five minutes after, but um, you know three one up, the game's almost dead there. To to come back from that. You know, you've got, to, you've got to score three goals to win the match in the second half. So, 
um, that, that was the turning point for me. I think that third goal just just pretty much killed the game off and, and you saw the, the Wanderers players sort of uh, a, a little bit dejected after that went in. And, and I guess what, what I would have changed, uh, it's easy to say now, but but when the Wanderers got it back to 3-2, uh, I think you need to roll the dice a little bit. I, th- I think I would have kept Yangi on. He, he did a straight swap for, for Leuni, who came on on the wing. I would, I would have brought Leuni on and maybe another one or two subs at the same time. Um, I would have pushed Yangi up top, made, made it a two, two up top, um, and, and you know given him a bit, a bit more going going forward. I think an, an extra man up top would have uh, would have done him uh, the world of good. It may, may have left them a little bit exposed at the end, but you, you, you're chasing the game at that stage and um, at three two, it's, it's a game that you can't afford to lose, um, especially in the context of of uh, where they're going to finish in the, in the end of the season, and they've let Adelaide get get away from them a little bit now, um, and and you know Adelaide got the box seat to to finish in that top two now, and and even put some pressure on uh, Melbourne City to to go top. Yeah, look, excellent from Adelaide, and uh, still a still a, a quality performance from uh, the Wanderers. And you know, hopefully, if there's those sorts of teams still around towards the end of the season, then uh, we'll have plenty more quality games uh, as we head into the end of the season. But. Uh, the uh, first of the uh, Saturday games uh, was the Wellington Phoenix at home to Melbourne Victory. The uh, final score here was 2-1 to the visitors. A stunning display from keeper Paul Izzo allowed possession star Victory to sting the Phoenix in Wellington. Even returning star striker Oscar Zawada's 12th of the season was not enough. Also a record 11th consecutive match with a goal involvement for the classy Polish import. Uh, back-to-back wins moved Melbourne from the foot of the table, finally. Yeah, finally they've jumped. Um, I think Brisbane Raw down the bottom now. They are so. the Raw are on twenty three and they're on twenty four. So, but you'd be happy, your man Oscar Zawada back on the score sheet. Um, you know, so he's 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 lethal up top, but still uh, uh, couldn't couldn't do enough to um, to to get the points for Wellington. Hey, look, he's a joy, and now, like I said, he's got even more to play for. He's got little Leo in his corner as well, his newborn son. So uh, lots to look forward to for him for the remainder of the season. The uh, next of the Saturday games was the Central Coast Mariners hoping to bounce back at home to the Brisbane Roar. What happened here? Bounce back. Bounce back they did indeed. Um, they, they ran away 4-1 winners. Uh, goals to Marco Tullio, Josh Nisbet, uh, an own goal to Jordan Holmes. Um, which which really has to go down to to Max Ballard, um, you know the, the, those goals, great great header bounces off and then uh, you know comes off the back of the keeper and goes into the, into the back of the net. So well, unless Holmes oh, evaporated oh, into thin air, I, I don't know what was supposed yeah. to happen. There. Oh, I'm giving I'm giving it to Ballard, giving <laughs> yeah. the goal, yep. um, and a second half penalty to Jason Cummings, which which made it four nil, and then uh, Jay O'Shea with a, a late consolation to make it four one, but. It was pretty much comprehensive all, all round from the from the Mariners. Um, they just blew Brisbane off the park in that first half. Uh, I think it was the first thirty minutes they were three 0 up, um, playing playing some good football as well. So um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where to hear from Brisbane. It's a, it's the same story every year. Um, we, we see a little bit of glimmer, a little bit of hope, and then they just sort of fall away to the to the wayside in in, in the back half of the year. And um, you know they're going through their their second coach. Uh, now and he he can't seem to uh, rally the troops up and and get anything different out of these bunch of players. So I don't know if it's a if it's a coaching thing. I don't know if it's a backroom staff thing. I don't know if it's a um, if it's a, the quality of the players they have there. But um, you know, season after season now they've they've just sort of you know drifted away and um, 
they've, they've been competitive in patches, but uh, just too inconsistent across the season. Yeah, look, more importantly, a much-needed confidence builder for the uh, Mariners and four different goal scorers, so a great team effort. Moving on to the uh, next to the Saturday games, it was the uh, Sydney FC hosting Western United. This is my match of the day, so uh, the final score here was 3-3, so pretty entertaining with uh, plenty of goals. The goal scorers were Lockie Wales in the 14th, uh, Robert Mack equalising in the 22nd, Connor Payne giving Western United the lead again in the 25th, Luke Bratton with an own goal in the 56th to extend Western United's lead, Caballo uh, bringing the score back to 3-2 in the 59th, and then uh, Robert Mack again to equalise for Sydney in the 89th. My player of the match, Max Burgess, back from suspension, was a close runner-up, but returning international Robert Mack was sensational. Uh, I know the ball from Burgess was perfect uh, to set up his first goal, but I think uh, he worked his absolute ringer out all day, and uh, he was you know, good enough to stay in the game when Sydney needed him, and uh, a fantastic run, and uh, finish at the end, uh, pinched him a point in the 89th, so I thought they were both sensational, but Robert Mack just edges him out as my player of the match. The uh, turning point of the game, I think there was one for each team here. So for me, uh, Pereiras hit the crossbar just before half-time for Western United, which would have made it 3-1. And I think that that would have probably put Sydney in a hole that they weren't capable of coming out of. And, you know, if the form had followed the second half, they would have gone 4-1 up and it would have been all over Red Rover. So I think that was a turning point for Western United that they didn't capitalise on. And in return, I think Sydney in the 70th minute, Burgess hit the post. And then it was actually easier for Lolly to score than it was for him to miss from close range to make it 3-3. And that would have given Sydney 20 minutes to get a winner. So I think as it was, they end up getting the winner in the 89th. And by the time you go back and kick off, it's uh, it's game over. So I think both teams had an opportunity there that they blew. Um, and they'll probably be looking back and regretting it. Probably Sydney even more so because they're, you know, they're really struggling to hold on to a final spot. And probably to keep uh, their, their coach in a job. Uh, for me, what I would have done is, if I was on the Western United bench, I would have made fresh attacking changes sooner. So, surprisingly, and you know, the coach has his reasons, Bodic uh, didn't start. Uh, he started Lockie Wales, which he scored, which, okay, looks like it justified him him starting over Bodic. But I think Bus, uh, Bodic and Pasquale came on in the 76th. Najarine came on the 81st, but he made a double change in the 67th after Sydney scored a second, but it was Tratt, who's a defender, and Diamante, who... He's not the Diamante of old, right? He's not running around buzzing. He does a couple of good things and he just doesn't have that impact now. And I don't know if he's not 100% fit or if he's injured or if it's just the years catching up with the genius. But, you know, I, I definitely would have put... Bodic would have been the first guy you put on, wouldn't you, to give your team a charge when you're up 3-1. I, that's what I would have thought. I would have thought it's a no-brainer. So you got a guy there. I don't know if there's something that's happened outside of performance that's done that. I hope not because... He's a great young player. I just hope that it's not an, an Irukunda and it's gone to his head because he's getting, every time he looks sideways, you see you know posts and pictures of him saying how good he's going. Hopefully he's got his feet on the ground because he has the world at his feet. But I just hope it's not to do with attitude. I hope to, hope it's just a bad decision by Aloisi, but I think he has cost his team uh, the points. So um, the last of the Saturday games was the Perth Glory uh, versus MacArthur Bulls. And uh, how did you see this one? Glory back at uh, Macedonia Park. Uh, they ran out 2-1 winners uh, in the end. Goals to the glory to Taggart and Beavers. Um, and Lockie Rose uh, got the, the single goal for MacArthur. And Perth had to come from 1-0 down at half time. Um, Lockie Rose with a, with a goal in the 43rd. Uh, a nice, nice finish, sort of cut it back onto his left and hit it low into the bottom corner. Um, but it was, it was the old blokes uh, with the goals for Perth in Taggart and Beavers. Um, but it was the young, the young who inspired the come from behind victory. Um, I think Perth. There's some serious talent coming out of Perth. 
Uh, Trent Osler, who's uh, 21, he had a superb first half. And um, I think Keegan Jelicic, uh, he's only 20 years old. He's, he's had a, having a breakout season in the A-League. Um, I thought he was fantastic. And I think he's going to go close to being uh, Young Player of the Year. Uh, he, he's a tremendous talent. Um, you know, he's got a big engine on him. Um, he's he's good going forward, does, does a bit of defensive work as well. And um, he's he's turning into he's, he's a bit of all round midfielder, and um, I think Perth might struggle to to keep a to keep onto these players, um, you know, for much longer. And as you said, I think uh, it, they've got some quality young players there, and they've got a little bit of experience, but they they are you know really heavy on the on the young talent, and so Ruben Zakovic would have been absolutely wrapped with the fact that his team's come from behind and snatched all three points, both balls for the goals, the one from Williams as well as the set piece that was whipped in on, I'm not sure who it was, but it, they were absolutely quality service and, uh, you know, and it goes to show that they are really doing good things there. I, I think just before we move on, you, you'd be hoping you love Macedonia Park so much, you're probably hoping that you draw them in the FFA Cup, I'm guessing, so that you get a trip there because I think that would be the highlight of your season. Get me over there, honestly. How good does it, how good does it look with the with the seats and the stands and and the full house every week? So uh, it's just good to see good to see a good crowd turning up and um, they're, they're making it. Perth have made that a little bit of a fortress for themselves. So I've heard um, the food's good there too. So your little fellow Giannis will uh, be in the in the crowd with your wife smashing down uh, some euros or something. Yeah, one hundred percent. Kebabies with a bit with a bit of chili at uh, Macedonia Park. How good. And the, uh, the last game of the round and the only Sunday game, which makes total sense because it clashed with the uh, Australian Grand Prix, so uh, that's like a dead man walking, but uh, his final score was 1-1. Captain Jamison sees red as his inconsistent Melbourne City needs a late first ever A-League goal from Max Caputo to rescue a point from a devastated Newcastle Jets, who were just a few minutes away from a great away win that would have taken them to equal six with Sydney FC. So um, how did you see the uh, Jamo red card? Yeah, look, two two yellows. Um, yeah, unfortunate, but he he he, need, he he should know better than that. He's an experienced player. He's the captain of the, of the team. Um, yeah, look, yeah, these things happen, but um, they they got out of jail, Melbourne City, because they they, they weren't in the, they weren't at the races. They, they they weren't at. I don't know which races they were at. They, they might have all been at the F one or, um, but but they they definitely uh, didn't rock up uh, ready to play. So. Um, that that late goal from from Max Caputo, I think he's the the youngest ever goal scorer for the club, um, could prove vital um, in the end, and then you know go a long way in actually winning the title. I think they're only two points ahead of Adelaide at the moment. Um, yeah, they've got the game in hand on on, on Wednesday night where they're one 0 up, but um. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting a uh, couple of games uh, leading into the finals. I'm going to hand out an award here I hadn't even prepared for, but I don't think there is a team in the competition that butchers as many chances as Newcastle Jets. When you're talking about are they at the races, if they're at the Newcastle races, they could bet every, on every favourite and still get rolled and end up with no money at the end of the day. I've never seen a team create so many good chances and I'm not talking about they're unlucky where the defender puts in a good challenge or a good save or they hit the post. I'm talking they kick the ground like they need to go get a sand bucket and fill it in and it goes out for a goal kick, uh, for a goal kick but close to the corner flag or it goes flying over the bar. These guys, I, I don't know what it is about them. They've got some quality players. When they go there, they just don't know how to shoot. I'm not sure what happens when, when the Jets go and play. I'm sure at training they hit ping, ping balls top corner and stuff, but I've never seen my absolute butcher of the year award for number of chances created. I don't reckon there'd be any any team has butchered as many chances as they have this year. I, I just watch it week in, week out, and I think I don't even watch the score. I just watch watch their highlights, and I go, 
Oh, here we go. This could be three or four nil to, to Newcastle. Oh, no, they lost two nil, two one. I just can't believe it. So I don't know what's going on there, but uh, they got big problems. Yeah, I don't know who's the who the players uh, boot sponsor because it sounds like they're all wearing shovels on their feet. <laughs> I don't think they are, but uh, that's the end of our revolutionised roundup. Up after the break, we talk finals footy. We'll give you your give you our opinions on who we think needs to book finals tickets and who can start booking their holidays. Back soon. You're listening to the Football Revolution. Welcome back to the show. Uh, without anyone in the players' escape room this week, the players are just too busy. We've uh, decided to do our footy finals uh, segment, a special segment where we'll talk about uh, the final series, the upcoming final series for the uh, Women's League, as well as uh, with four rounds to play of the Men's League. Who do we think will uh, make up the top six? But let's start VIG firstly with the uh, women's. So there's a week break, so the women all get a week off. They get a nice uh, chance to uh, get ready for the, the knockout uh, series and push for some silverware. So the first semi final will be between uh, one and two, which will be uh, Sydney FC up against uh, Western United. Who do you like here? Yeah, look, it's it's the first time uh, Western United have played in a final series. Um, like we said, Sydney. Uh, they're just experienced campaigners. Um, they, they found a way to to win the league again this year. Um, so it's going to be hard to for, for Western United to to you know topple them. Um, I think the experience is is going to show through in the end. And um, if I've got to pick a pick someone to to go through, um, it's it's Sydney FC at the moment. I've got a fact for you here, uh, VIG stats man, which I know you love. Sydney hasn't won the championship since the 2018-2019 season. So even though they've won the last three premierships, they haven't gone on with that uh, excellent uh, part of the season where they've won the first silverware up for grabs. They've tripped over the final hurdle and uh, and crashed and burned on uh, the last few occasions. So, uh, all right, so you think that they'll go through there. What about the uh, elimination final between uh, City and their um, Melbourne rivals, Victory, who both have absolutely crawled to the finish line? Yeah, they have. It's an interesting one, this one. Um, you know, like you've said, both teams, have uh, they've stumbled, tripped and, and, and almost just fallen into the, into the top four. So... Um, it's going to be a, an interesting fixture. Um, I think City probably have the, the squad um, that, that's a little bit better than Victory at the moment. Um, I think that the depth of their squad and, and some of the players they have, uh, hopefully the players that return from international duty um, come back with a bit of a spring in their step and, and they're not too tired. And um, you know, I know there's a, there's a week off this week for, for a few other players, so... Um, look, I, I, I'm going to go with City um, only because I, I think as a squad um, that they've got some some better players. But it's it's finals football; anything can happen. Um, it's going to be an interesting fixture. It's a it's a derby, uh, so it's going to be feisty. Um, and City sort of find themselves in a in sort of unfamiliar territory. They're, they're used to finishing top two um, over the last few, few seasons. I think that's why Sydney FC have have struggled to. To go on and win the win the premiership, even even when they've won uh, the premier's plate. So, um, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting one. But my tip is is uh, City to to knock off uh, their Melbourne rivals in victory, and uh, Sydney to to beat Western United um, and go through to the final. Okay, who uh, who wins the whole thing? God, it's it's difficult. I don't. I, I just don't. I can't see a team in their first season um, going all the way and, and winning it as as good as. 
uh, Western United have been. Uh, they've hit a few stumbling blocks in the in in the last couple of weeks, but um, so for me, it's out of it's out of Sydney and and City. Um, it's I think I think Sydney, I think Sydney this year that they should believe that that they they're capable of going on and going all the way and and, and winning it. Um, City have been a little bit inconsistent, but. We know what they're like come finals time. Their, their, you know, their their finals record is almost impeccable. So, um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm going to say Sydney. I'm going to say it's Sydney's time this year. But um, I, I think City could snake it once again. Look, mate, I'm going to swim against you. So the grand final, like we said, is on the 30th of April. I think Western United have been excellent this year. I know it's their first year, but I, I think that they can get through to a final. Um, whether they get through directly by beating Sydney, I'm not sure, or whether they have to go through the uh, second phase, which is having to either beat City or Victory. I think they'll get through to a final. I'd love to see them based on the season they've had. They didn't. They fell just short, one point short in winning uh, the Premier's Plate, but I'd love to see them at least get something for this amazing season they've had. So, I look, I don't know if they've got enough gas, but I think they'll get to the big dance. If I had to put money on it, I'd probably say Sydney, but uh, I'll be cheering Western United on to, uh, to square the ledger and, and take one piece of silverware each because they were probably the best two teams throughout the whole year. Moving on to the men's uh, league. So at the moment, as we said, there's uh, City on 42, Adelaide on 40, Central Coast Mariners on 34, Wanderers on 34, Phoenix on 31 and Sydney on 28. So before we start to discuss how this makes this, this is made up, you got Perth sitting on 27, Newcastle sitting on 26, Western United on 26, MacArthur Bulls on 25, and then Victory on 24, but they've got a game in hand. So if they could beat if they could beat uh, their rivals City even though they've got a 1-0 disadvantage on Wednesday, they would jump to 27. That would put them to equal with Perth one behind Sydney and that would change the whole world. So do you see any of these other f- 1 2 3 4 5 five teams jumping into take a, one of the current uh, Top six spots, or they're all has beens, also rans, and they're not going to do any damage. Uh, honestly, the, when you put it like that, when you when you list the teams out and and you you look at the the points that they've all got, um, I, I think it would be naive to say that none of these teams can can make the top six. I, I think you know there's there's some very good chance that um, you know one of them is going to. I'm not sure. We, we, you know, either any of those teams can catch Wellington, but uh, Sydney FC are looking over their shoulder. They, they left the door, left the door a little bit ajar with um with not uh getting the three points against West United on the weekend. So they've got teams breathing down their neck. Um, it would be a crazy dynamic if victory could come from one nil down and and beat Melbourne City. Um, and jump to 27, that would mean that Adelaide United are still only two points behind City at the top of the league. And I reckon um, that hands Adelaide the title. I, that's my that, opinion. Uh, uh, honestly, if 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 victory can if victory can scrape can scrape that that if they can do something magic on Wednesday night and turn that around um, and get a two one win, um, that would just absolutely blow the league wide open. Um, it would put them back in the frame for top six. And and a very good chance of making the top six, and like you said, maybe, maybe that puts Adelaide in the box seat um, to 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 go number one and 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 win the Premier's plate. So um, there's a lot to play for. Um, but but all those teams behind Sydney, Perth, Newcastle, Western United, Macarthur, and, and Victory, they'll all be looking at the table, saying, you know, there's four games to go. 
if we win three out of those four games, we, we give ourselves a, a really good opportunity of, of making the top six. Uh, I'll put my... I'll, uh, are you I'll, putting your line through a few? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say, I told you, the king of the butchers, so Newcastle who create more chances than anyone else and can't hit uh, the side of a barn, I'm going to put a, a rule through oh. them. I'll, 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 I'll put a line through them too. I'm, I'm saying I'll put a line through nah, Newcastle. I'm going to say MacArthur Bulls. MacArthur Bulls. Remember? Yeah, I know you did, but MacArthur Bulls have been saying every week, if we win this week, if we win this week, and everyone else keeps tripping over and they still can't take advantage. I haven't seen enough from this year. I didn't like the way they were playing at the start of the year. I don't like the way they're playing under Millet. And then you lose their best player, uh, Uli, and then you're, you're chasing your tails. So for me, I'd put one through Bulls. I'd put one through Newcastle. Western United... He's he's got a golden ticket. He's been given Charlie in the Chocolate Factory's golden ticket. He's got Bodich now, who's scoring goals when the team's been out of form this year, and then he drops him. So Still not playing him. Yeah, so I reckon he's he's butchered. Aloisi's butchered his chances, so they're gone. Vic, Vic, if victory can beat City, I think they're still in the race. Otherwise, they're gone. So it means Perth, from what I've seen and the way they are at home. I reckon they're the only chance. But let's go to the top two. So they're the only two teams that I think that can uh, win the the Premier's plate. So. Excluding the victory game on Wednesday, City are two points ahead and they've got the Phoenix, the Mariners, Western United and Western Sydney Wanderers. That's a bloody hard run. Then you look at Adelaide. If they get over the top of Sydney this week, they've got Western United, Perth and the Mariners. So I, I still think at the moment they've, got a, you know, they've still got the Mariners as well, as well as they've got you know Perth and Sydney, but they're in excellent form. City are going horrible. So ever since they lost Leckie, they're not the they've, same they've, team. They've, they've, they've got no lecky anymore. No, they don't. They don't they, they've, 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 they've run, run out of lecky. They have. So, um, so for so you... Honestly, Wednesday night's game is huge. The, the conclusion of this match is is massive. It could, like I said, it could blow the blow the league up, essentially. It could blow the top the title race um, apart. And, and it could... It means victory are back in the hunt after being, you know, bottom of the ladder for... Majority of uh, you know the last what 10, 10 or so weeks, I think they've been they've been last. So. Do you knock do you lock Adelaide in for first, or are you going to stick with City? Uh, I, I wish I could. I wish I could. I wish I had a crystal ball to if if City lose on Wednesday, if City win on Wednesday night, if they beat Victory, yep. um, I'll lock them in for number one. If they lose, uh, like you said, I think Adelaide have probably got a, an easier run going into the finals, and, and City are probably. Scratching their heads, um, you know that they've got a, they've had what two wins in their last five, two draws and a loss. Um, it's going to be it's going to be difficult to for them to to get their momentum back. Like you said, they've got a few key players out as well. All right, I'll jump um, on that. So if if victory if they beat victory, we we lock in City as one, Adelaide in, as two. But if victory can somehow get either a win or a draw out of that, then we both think Adelaide can uh, run them down and and take first. So they're one and two. Then we go. Mariners are currently in third, and Wanderers in third, uh, fourth in thirty-four. So Mariners have got Western United, City, Jets, and Adelaide, whereas the Wanderers have got Bulls, Victory, Phoenix, and City. So you know, a couple of hard ones in there, a couple of easy ones. Mariners is probably a slightly easier draw if you look at it. So, do you think they hold on to third? Wanderers fourth, Phoenix fifth, and then Sydney's got Adelaide, Perth, Roar, and Jets. So I reckon they've got a pretty nice run, even though they're not in good form. So the cr- the crunch game there is. The, the second game, which is uh, the next, not this weekend, the weekend after, which is when Sydney plays Perth. Yeah, that's that's a huge game, and and if if Sydney Sydney fail to beat Adelaide this weekend, um, that'll be four games four games without a win. Uh, it'll be three three losses and a draw, and and Perth win. Perth could you know Perth could jump them this weekend, 
Um, and then they go into that that game against Sydney, um, you know, holding all the cards. Essentially, they they win that game and and they pretty much push push Sydney, uh, you know, out of out of uh, out of contention for the final. So it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. Um, you know, Sydney, like you said, you said they've got it. They've got an easier run on paper, but um, they, they haven't been in in two crash hot form. So. Um, yeah, so if we, if we were going to put a line through MacArthur, you're, you're putting a line through the Jets 100% and a line through Western United as well. So there's three teams ruled out. And if victory failed to, to win um, on Wednesday night to turn it around, you can you can pretty much cross them out too. Well, after um, watching Sydney versus Wanderers, uh, Sydney versus Western United the other day, Sydney wouldn't be counting their lollies before they get, they get them. So uh, he hit the side net from two metres out when he should have. It was easier to uh, miss the, that's a score than it was to miss. But uh, all right, lots to play for, and uh, we'll see if we are right in the coming weeks. Now it's time for our final part of the show, which is our clinical finish. So the first part of that is our WTF or a what the foot. Uh, I'm not sure how to explain what the Dortmund keeper, Gregor Kobel, was thinking or trying to do when he gifted heavyweight rivals Bayern Munich an early comical opening goal in the biggest clash of the Bundesliga season. His team never recovered, losing 4-2 to fall to second, two points behind Munich. What an absolute <laughs> disaster. If, you, if you're a Dortmund fan, you're absolutely kicking yourself because... Um, finally, you know, normally by this time of the year, Bayern are already 10 points clear in the league and they're, they're cruising away to victory, drinking, you know, a few, few steins on, on the way. But, um, yeah, it's, it's disappointing for, for Dortmund. A, a win could have, um, you know, extended their lead at the top, but, but now they go two points behind. Um, and they've got Union Berlin, uh, hot on their heels as well. I think they're only another point or two points behind them. So, um, yeah, you, you can't gift you can't gift a goal like that to to the German champions. They're 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 the record uh, record champions. They're, they've won the league the most most amount of times, um, and I think what they've nine nine years in a row now, or something like that. So oh yeah, as a um, as a uh, think, as a Dortmund every, fan, I'm loving this. Don't worry, you uh, tell me eight think, or nine. Yeah. yeah, I think every other I think every other team in that league has has forgotten how to actually win the Bundesliga because they they seem to sort of. Get get close and and then buy and just start steamrolling. They 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 fire up the engine and just steamroll straight over these teams and um, you know four two in a in a classica um, that they'll just they'll just too good. You got Thomas Muller who's you know he's in, he's, he needs a Zimmer frame to get around and he's still banging banging goals in. So um, yeah, they're just they're just too clinical and you can't afford to you can't gift wrap buying goals because they'll punish you. Yeah, it broke my heart, and that's another. It might as well be called the Bayern Liga. It's uh, it's starting to really become a pain. But uh, I thought we were a chance this year, the mighty uh, Dortmund. But uh, I think Kobel had other ideas, and I don't know. Maybe he uh, laid them on Betfair. Anyway, uh, games to watch this week. We've already talked about the red hot Adelaide United host Sydney, an intriguing an intriguing battle when Melbourne victory welcome Perth glory, and Melbourne City hoping to find form when they have Wellington in the house. Not to mention the uh, crucial game on Wednesday night the game that's being replayed after it was stopped because of all the violence uh, between rivals City and Victory, but uh, plenty to play for. Quickly on to our TFR fantasy update. So my round score was 44, taking my total to 1748. Your round score was VIG? 
Only 51, only a half century this week. So that takes my total to 17.39. So that would teach my big I'm mouth, up. won't it? I jinx myself talking about your season low 44 and four times four. I now score 44. So it's absolutely taught me a lesson. But uh, I didn't manage my squad very well. I got busy doing other things. So Zawada on my bench, 13. Burgess back from suspension on my bench, 15. Only Cummings, who got 13 as my captain, which was 26, and Williams with 10 were hot. No one else got double figures, and Holmes got me minus seven, so he might as well have uh, been playing for you. So, uh, yeah, absolute shocking week for me. I'm only nine clear of you now, but, uh, look, you were always coming, and you're just coming faster than I expected. So uh, did you make any changes? Did you lose any of your 22 substitutions, or...? Did you stick no, loyal as I promised? Didn't. I didn't. Stay, I stayed loyal as promised, and, and I shouldn't have. Um, but lucky I got Craig Goodwin in the, in the side. He got me 15 points, but didn't have much up top. Uh, Iren Kunda got me three, Lolly six, and, and McLaren only three points uh, as my captain. So disappointing return from from the J-Mac. But, um, yeah, disappointing return from Ryan Grant as well in his 300th game, and um, he, he got me a minus two. So... Um, you know, copying copying three goals, and I think he picked up a yellow card as well. So, uh, not 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 much chop there for for Buster in his three hundredth. But uh, congrats to him on on uh, reaching that feat. Yeah, all the best to him. But look, you know, your luck's out when I uh, when you have a you know you got homes in goals by mistake. I would have probably brought. Uh, Lawrence Thomas in, but I didn't make my changes. And then all of a sudden, a cracking header from uh, Maxi Ballard and he hits crossbar, and then they give it as an own goal. So you get minus seven for that, which, uh, considering home, uh, you know, Thomas only got me two, would have got me two, but this is a nine point swing. And not only that, this is the only week where I've got two high scoring players on my bench. And instead of someone not playing, guys go out there and put in a one and a zero and a minus figure and absolutely uh, do a job on me. So I don't know. I think my players have turned on me. I, I think I treat them pretty well, but uh, apparently I'm, I'm not as good a coach uh, in fantasy as I thought because my players are all starting to jump ship and I'm falling apart. But look, if I can just steady it now, I'm still nine clear. If I can just get, I think, is that five in a row or six in a row for you? If I can just steady it, not all's lost. Yeah, look, I think it, it's time for me to to bring in some changes. I think um, there's a, f a few players that, that let me down over the weekend, so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna crack the whip this weekend, and um, I've got I've got plenty of uh, plenty of trades left to play with. So I'm gonna see see what I can do, and um, uh, yeah, it's a it's a big weekend uh, leading up. I wonder what happens what happens with that uh, with the buy with the game uh, the the victory city game. Do we? Uh, do those points go into this round, or do they do they go into the the previous round? What's I was going to ask. You, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't even know if I've got any. I know I've How got some city players in there, but I don't think I've got any victory guys anymore. But uh, yeah, I'm curious too. I'm not sure. Does it just go into a dark, big black hole and no one gets those points, or does it go into a previous round and so it amends that and and your overall score? I'm not quite sure, mate. I'm not. Uh, I don't know. If if you work for Keep Up, give us a give us a buzz because we we want to we want to know what's what's happening with our uh, with our players for that round. Well, we want to keep up. So if if you can uh, keep us in the loop, that would be much appreciated. Before we uh, we finish off, uh, who's going to be your big mover of the round? Who do you think uh, can really make a statement this week? Will it be Adelaide? Will it be City to say, you know what, we've toyed with you for a while, we'll let you catch us a little bit to make it interesting for the fans, but now we're just going to put the uh, the turbos on and just blow you away. We'll get two wins this weekend and uh, we'll put daylight between us and Adelaide. Or do you think it will be, uh, you know, could it be the glory? Will they make a move and get themselves into the six for, the, I don't know, it would probably be close to the first time in the year because I think the six has kind of been locked in for a long period of time. Who do you think will um, make it, make a bolt for home this far out? Well, I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw a spanner in the works because I'd love for this to happen, right? I'd love for victory to, to, 
to come from behind and, and win on Wednesday night. And then I'd love for for victory to to beat uh, Glory on the weekend. So they they could if if Adelaide beat Sydney or Sydney you know Sydney failed to win there, and the victory get six points from from this weekend, they could uh, they could go into the top six. That'd be massive. I would considering. Okay, massive. you've lost you've lost Brimmer. Nanny and all the players that they've lost, as well as okay, they've brought to Silverin, who's been a great signing. He he scored again on the weekend, and he's a rock at the back. So okay, you've brought in a good guy in the window, but they've had as much bad luck as Brisbane or anybody else. And okay, uh, people love to see them fail, but they've just got on with the job, right? So that's an example to everybody in the league. Just shut your mouth, get on with the job, and and get the job done. So yeah, look, I, I think if that could happen, it would make it a really interesting season. No matter who you're, you're supporting, it'd be a real close finish for the rest of the uh, the year. Because the only team we didn't talk about making into the top six in our review was Brisbane. Brisbane's the only team, and I think they're only one point behind victory, but they don't have that extra game, yeah. so they're four points they're really off. They're the, gone. Off they're gone. They're, they're, put a line through them. They're not making the top six. I can bet, bet your house on it now. But um, even if they joke oh, around, honestly, even if I, they had the joke I, around, I don't think it, they'd make it. <laughs> if that happened, if that happened this week, if 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 Victory can somehow win on Wednesday night and then get a, a win on um, on Sunday, I think they play it, it. It'll create a bit of a buzz around the league again, and I think I think the league needs that leading into the finals. So um, let, let's see what they can do. All right. If you missed any part of the show, or want to listen to other episodes? Where can they catch it? Yeah, they can catch us on all good podcast platforms: uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Um, also up on our YouTube channel and on uh, Football Nation Radio across their platforms. Bravo. So plenty of men's action coming our way and the women's finalists get the week off. Please get behind BMW in his 160km for AVM Quest by donating with less than two weeks to go. And we hope you enjoyed the show even half as much as we enjoy bringing it to you. Uh, we look forward to your company again next Tuesday. And until then, as we say, rise up and join the football revolution. Have a great week. We'll catch you then. You're listening to The Football Revolution.